Welcome to Make Things That Matter, the podcast where we explore impactful products and the cultures that create them. I'm your host, Andrew Scottsko, and if I'm doing my job well, each episode of this show will help you to do meaningful work, make things that make things better, and have a great experience doing it. This is an audio version of an article that I recently published as I'm experimenting with providing articles in multiple formats, so I hope you enjoy it. For a little bit of context, this piece is a response to a situation I had seen three times in my work as a product coach since the start of the year, so I thought it would be helpful to have something I could just point people to. This article first appeared on March 6, 2023, and is entitled Double Click on the Love, a micro case study in debugging retention and unlocking growth. If you want, you can read this article at the link in show notes. I've had several conversations with product leaders recently who want to grow their product to the next level. In every case, one of their top three KPIs has stagnated for months and they are feeling the pressure. Now, their initial impulse is to dig into the data and figure out what's going on. But the thing is, if you start from the wrong question, you can easily mislead yourself and draw a logical conclusion that is also wrong. We can always interrogate data to make it fit any narrative. As Ronald Coase, the renowned British economist, likes to say, if you torture the data long enough, it will confess to anything. So we're going to talk about the evil of premature scaling. If premature optimization is the root of all evil in engineering, premature scaling may well be the root of all evil in product growth. A common mistake that growth-seeking product leaders make is to try and turn on the growth jets too soon. It's a common cause for high-potential products to either die on the vine or implode, especially among founding CEOs. It is incredibly tempting to pour all those funds that they just raised into a growth engine and turn it on. I mean, that's what all the monies are for. Am I right? Yes. And it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea to ignite the fuel before the rocket is tightened up, all systems go, all the checks completed, pointed at the right place. Turns out rockets are much harder to course correct once you launch them. Small differences in their heading lead to massively different destinations and outcomes over time, and change is just harder when you have momentum. It's just the reality of things. It's like the physics of making progress. Now, the getting ready to grow phase, that's a time where leaders need to exercise real discipline, resist the pressure that everyone's putting on them to grow, grow, grow right now, and stop and think. All right, that all sounds nice, but let's try to make this more concrete with an example. We're going to talk about a mini case study, which I'm going to call Leaky Bucket Seeking Growth. All right, here's the context. You're the head of product at a Series B startup. You feel the pressure to scale the product, and like I said, to do so yesterday. Your investors are breathing down your neck, and so is your CEO. Now, your KPI that you look at the most, your North Star, is 28-day retention, which you're tracking in weekly cohorts. And it turns out, unfortunately for you and the product, The average cohort retention has flatlined. It's been stuck at around 20, 25% for the last three or four months. And based on your product category, let's say your goal is to get this number up to about 50%. Furthermore, new accounts get a two-week free trial. Imagine a pie chart where one quarter of the pie says retained and three quarters of the pie says canceled. That's your starting condition. And you can look in the show notes. Uh, There are images linked there. So your first choice Do you dig deeper into the 25% group or the 75% group? Well, obviously, you say the 75%. That's where we're losing the most people. Three out of four people we're losing are there. Of course, we're going to start there. So off you go, and and here's what you find. Overall condition, remember your starting point. One in four people is retained. Three in four is canceled. So as you dig into the cancellations, you find a little more detail. 
Turns out 63% of the cancellations, they never really activated at all. 28% activated, but then they canceled somewhere around day 10. And another 9% activated, used the product twice, and then disappeared. What's going on here? This doesn't make any sense. So you dig deeper, you dig around the rest of the analytics, and you get a little bit bigger picture. And this is one where you'll definitely want to check the graphic in the show notes. A little more complex pie chart here. We've got just under 50%. We have 47% of people never activated at all. We've got 21% canceled at day 10. Just under 7% used it twice and then left. Just under 6% that use the product two to three times a week actively. About 6% that are active every day. And about 13 or 14% that are active once a week. That's a lot. Now you have even more questions. All reasonable questions like, well, what's up with that 47% of users, which was 63% of churners, that you know never did much at all. Were they, you know, were they just tire kickers? Were they just kind of checking the thing out and moving on? Were they maybe they were the wrong people in the first place? Like the problem's actually higher up in the funnel. And for that matter, did did they ever even activate? Were they ever active at all? Did they ever get this product? What about the 21% of customers that canceled around day 10? That's 28% of the people who churned. Why are they canceling then and not earlier or later? You know, maybe we should focus on onboarding. Yeah, that's the thing. A ton of those accounts, they never really activated. Or maybe what about that 9% of churners that activated and looked really promising and then ghosted? As you can hear, these are all reasonable questions. They're all reasonable, logical questions. The problem is they will all mislead you. So here's the thing. What you have to ask yourself is, what question are you really trying to answer? The key is to figure out the question we're really asking here. In the background of all this, there are at least three different questions going on. First one, what's going on with onboarding and activation? Why are we losing so many customers there? Number two, why are some people using the product a bunch and then bailing right before their trial is up? And number three, what do the best customers love about this product? Now, what makes this hard is that all of these are good questions. None of them is absolutely right or absolutely wrong. Turns out this is a sequencing issue and the right question depends on your context. It depends on where you are. Now, given the data above, I would say that this product is not actually ready for growth yet. The overall goal to get retention up to 50%, that's great. But the starting point for growth is not fixing this leaky bucket. Fixing the leaky bucket is good, but that's actually step two. Step one is to understand the people who love and use your product the most. What you really want is lots more customers like your best customers. If you could 10x, 20x, 100x only your best customers, wouldn't you want that? This is really easy to miss. And the reason it's easy to miss is that the people you need to focus on the most are actually one of the smallest groups numerically at just about 6% of all accounts. They're about 24% of the original 25% that was retained. And the clue is in the overall low retention and the small percentage of highly activated users. Think about it this way. If there were 100 accounts in this example cohort, the answer you need, step one for your growth, is going to be found in just the six customers that love the product and use it almost every day. That's six out of 100 customers are actually holding the secret to your growth. Not the 75 customers you lost, not the 19 low to moderate usage customers. Focus on the six, not the 94. I'm going to say that one more time. The key here, focus on the six, not the 94. 
You can dig into the cancellations and onboarding all you want, and you definitely should before you turn on the rocket fuel, but those people will never tell you what to build. They can't tell you where the magic is. They can only tell you what's getting in the way of them getting it. The core value of the product, the magic moment, as I like to think about it, that magic moment lives in the experience of your best customers who love your product the most. So first things first, understand them better than they understand themselves. Then once you understand what the magic is, where it is, and the value it unlocks for people, then go to work on the rest of the funnel. Because then you know where you're leading those customers to. Those customers have chosen to trust you. And then you have a destination where you know that you're taking them. Then you can just focus on getting them there to that magic moment as fast and efficiently as possible. Keep in mind, your best customers are the strategic beachhead to more people like them. They are the signal in the noise. You are not building for the tire kickers or for the haters. Double click on the love. Okay, let's look at some takeaways. Number one, get the lay of the land before you zoom in too much. In this case, if you only looked at the 75% originally, you would actually never have seen the tiny 6% where the real answer is hidden. So zoom out. Number two, before you reach product market fit, growth strategies are mostly a waste of money. You have to know where the magic moment is in order to A, position and market your product well, and B, get users to the product and then to that moment in the product as soon as possible. So if you're trying to find the magic in the product, zoom in on the users who love it most. If you're working on scaling or prepping to scale and you already have demonstrably strong product market fit and retention, fixing the leaky bucket is where to focus. You have to know where the magic is before you try to scale. Otherwise, you're just flying blind. Number three, if you aren't sure you know where the magic moment is, you don't. It's like being in love. If you're asking the question, well, you have your answer. And if you don't have analytics in place to start even answering these questions, well, stop and go fix that now. That's it for today. Thanks very much to Travis Corgan, Jordy Boss, and Eric Lodge for their thoughtful feedback in the production of this post. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, I'd be so grateful if you could do me a favor and take about 25 seconds to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps me reach way more listeners and it also helps me bring you more great guests. As always, please feel free to reach out to me anytime at connect at makethingsthatmatter.com. And until next time, my friends, leave them better than you found them. See you out there.